This is the Make Money Blogging Podcast, Episode 3, with digital nomad wannabe founder, Sharon Goulet. In today's episode, I'm joined by DNW community member and student, Keith Erskine. Now, Keith is a travel blogger who has been blogging for a while, but he's struggling to get any traction with his blog. His traffic is still low and his income non-existent, and he very much wants this to change over the next two months. Now, in this episode, you'll get to listen in on our coaching session where I walk Keith through where I think he can improve on his blog, and I'm going to give him a two-month roadmap to follow so he can turn this around. I decided to have Keith on this show because I think he's in the same position that many bloggers are in, and that the advice I give him is the same I would give anyone who has been hobby blogging for a while and is failing to make the switch to turning it into a business. So by listening to this, you will also learn what you can do to turn around your blogging fortunes. So keep listening because it's surprisingly simple and I think you're going to love it. Welcome to the Make Money Blogging Podcast with digital nomad wannabe. Each week on this show, you'll find actionable tips and strategies for growing traffic and income from your blog with no fluff so you can quit the day job and have more freedom to do what you love. From SEO to affiliate marketing to blogging business strategies, it's all here. Let's start with your host, digitalnomadwannabe.com founder, Sharon Gourlay. Today, we're talking with travel blogger Keith about what he can do in the next two months to change from having a hobby blog to a business blog. As part of this, I will be giving him a two-month roadmap, which you can also go and download and find along with today's show notes at digitalnomadwannabe.com slash episode three. So don't worry about taking notes. When I go through this roadmap, you can just go download it there. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, then make sure you subscribe to the Make Money Blogging podcast and leave a review. This episode is sponsored by Build Blog Freedom Fast Track, my 10-week program that shows you the 20% of blogging you need to do to get 80% of the results step-by-step. You'll learn exactly how to use SEO to get traffic and then to monetize that traffic with affiliates in a passive way once you have it set up to hit all your blogging goals. Basically, it shows you exactly what to do step-by-step to achieve the roadmap that I am talking about today. Now let's dive into the coaching session. Just to give you an idea of a format, I'll start by asking Keith questions about his blog and then I'll dive into exactly what I think he should do next and the two-month roadmap right at the end. So hi, Keith Erskine. Thanks for joining me today on Make Money Blogging Podcast. It's really brave to volunteer for a coach session that anyone can listen to, especially on a new podcast. So a very big thank you. As the first thing I thought about when you reached out to me asking if there was any way I could do a session with you was how much your story is a common story that I hear. So I'm really hoping that in helping you that it will help others as well. So a really big thank you for putting yourself out there. Yeah, thank you, Sharon. I'm, I'm really happy to be talking with you today. I think it's timely for me and yeah, I'm really looking forward to the next hour. Cool. Well, could you introduce yourself and your blog and tell us all what it's about? Sure. Well, my name is Keith Erskine. I live on the Gold Coast in Australia. I've got an Australian New Zealand travel blog called Travel and Light and the target audience is for people 45 through to the baby boomers. People who are probably more comfortable with self-guided travel around Australia New Zealand. However, it's much about travel that's somewhat out of the ordinary. Some of the stuff that's been covered on the blog has been like travelling the Gradation Road in the BMW convertible, riding the Indian Pacific train from Sydney to Perth, clamping, e-mountain bike riding around the Coromandel Peninsula in New Zealand, and so on. Not necessarily luxury travel, but it's about travelling differently. Some of the more unique experiences that are accessible, basically, to everybody. Maybe bucket list travel would be one way of putting it. Those things that are much more than just another holiday trip somewhere, that's really what we're looking to document and share. 
Cool. So let's talk more about where you are right now and where you want to be with this blog. So what are the goals that you have for your blog? Um, look, I've jotted some notes down here and I've got two. And the first one is when I started working on setting up a Pinterest account for this blog, I looked at a lot of different bloggers in the Australian, New Zealand travel blogging space. Look, to be honest, in the end, it seemed like the majority of them could have been written by the same person. Itineraries that covered the same place of things to do. Not that there's anything fundamentally wrong with that, but they seem to be a bit repetitive. So my goal here is to show that you don't have to do the same old, same old, irrespective of age. I mean, we're in our 60s. With a bit of imagination, this country offers some amazing travel opportunities. There's a second goal. I'd like to get this blog to be a financial asset, both from a cash flow and from a resale perspective. Okay, so what have you done so far to help grow your blog? Well, hopefully the content I'm putting in there, what I've been doing as well is I've been doing guest posting, mainly long-form guest posts, not so much collabs. I've been basically the good fortune to be able to write for a number of DA40-plus blogs. And the third one that I'm doing here, and as I mentioned and touched on before, is setting up a Pinterest account. And there's a fair bit in that, a bit more than I first realised. But it's an interesting search platform, and, and I think it will work for me in this travel space in a reasonable way. Just on that last point, my goal here is to have two relatively independent sources of sustained traffic rather than relying on just one. I mean, for example, if Google changes algorithm, well, and hopefully the other one will be okay. Being a systems engineer by background, I, I try and avoid a single point of failure in a critical system. So that's really the, been the path so far. So what is your current traffic and income? The current traffic would probably be minuscule, maybe, and if I'm lucky, a couple of hundred visitors a month, and the income reflects that. It's absolutely zero. So where are you feeling stuck right now? Look, I've done the, the Bill Blog Freedom Fast Track course, and it's an excellent course, but there's a couple of issues here at the moment. I lost a fair bit of time last year to some unforeseen issues. So where I'm sitting here at the moment is I want to make sure that Every minute I spend on this, this blogging, it's a minute well spent. That's the first issue. The second issue I've got where I'm feeling stuck is I've got this funny feeling that perhaps I've missed something, doing something I shouldn't or not doing something I should. It's just one of those feelings at the moment that I'm feeling like I'm doing a lot of stuff, but I'm not seeing things happening, maybe not getting the traction I feel that I should be getting. Yeah. And how much time do you have to work on your blog? Well, at the moment, I'm averaging about 18 hours a week, and that's spread across guest post writing, content writing, the Pinterest stuff, website maintenance and training and learning. I could certainly push that up to 21 to 22 hours per week, certainly over the next, say, two to four months. That wouldn't be an issue at all in terms of the total commitment to getting this going. Oh, that's a really good time commitment. I feel like you can do a lot with that, but we will get okay. to that. So what are you hoping to gain from today's session? I mean, at the moment, and having thought about this, I'd like to develop an efficient week-by-week -week workflow. And by that, I mean just some key tasks and activities. But the relative priorities of those to get the maximum bang for the, for the, minutes, I'm putting, the minutes I'm putting in. My ultimate goal is what I set when I joined the Bill Bog Freedom Fast Track course last year was 20,000 visits a month and $100 per day of related affiliate and associated income. I haven't changed those goals, and I'm absolutely determined to get to them. So hopefully today, if there are some blind spots in there, the coaching session will tease those out. But as I mentioned before, I, I just feel that perhaps I'm missing something here. I've not fully grasped a key principle way of thinking. I know other people are doing really well in this space. And my fellow Queenslander, Sophie from North Queensland, 
And she's got an excellent blog. And I saw her last post where she's pulling about $1,000 a month. So the question I've asked myself, so what am I doing not doing yep. that's currently stopping me from getting that similar result? Sophie's done an amazing job. She's got a great blog. I guess that's the ultimate burning question, Sharon. Yeah, yeah, Sophie has done a great job. She's in the Build Blog Freedom course as well. I've seen some of her stuff yeah. and really I feel like she's doing what I'm going to tell you today, so that's good. So I will be going through everything you said. Like this is the part where I will tell you what I think now and we'll come up with yep. that two-month roadmap for you. So before this session, I did take a look at Keith's blog, his Google Analytics and some posts that have been optimized for keywords so I could get an idea of what's going on. And the good news for you, Keith, is that I do <laughs> have a lot to say. I do want you to take into account that I want to help as much as possible. So I'm sharing everything that I'm thinking. Hopefully this won't be too overwhelming or feel too negative. If I thought there was no hope, I wouldn't be here, <laughs> wouldn't waste our time. And some of this is definitely also my personal opinion, so you don't have to agree. And, no, all good. Thank you, Sharon. Mm. <laughs> and obviously it's all going to have an SEO and affiliate marketing focus as that's what I do and recommend. And Thank you. You definitely don't have to feel alone with anything that I say here because it's the same thing I see over and over again. So I'm going to go through and share my thoughts and then I'll go through the two-month roadmap sort of as a separate thing. So when I'm talking about what I think you should do in each of these sections, I will yep. summarize it at the end. Fabulous. So I'm going to start with my first impressions of your site. And basically to me, it, you know, it, my first impression, it looks like the fun side of a hobby blogger. I feel like you've done mm -hmm. a great job of describing your niche and audience to me and, and just now, but I don't really see any evidence of that on your site. And while I don't think site branding is 100% important from day one, your site name isn't even particularly obvious when you land on the site. So mm -hmm. I would definitely be changing that. I think you should have like a header that has your site name on it. Sure. Mm -hmm. I also think it should be clear from a glance. So within seconds of someone arriving on your site, what it's about. I didn't even realize it was about Australian and New Zealand travel. I thought it was just about Australian travel after I looked at it for 20 minutes. I didn't see anything about New Zealand except for where you were going next in my look. Yeah. So I really feel like this should be part of your brand. You know, you can just even just have a header that has your site name and a map of Australia and New Zealand, right? And that would suddenly be obvious. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You know, I think you've got a great niche. I think you're really on top of that part, but your site should really reflect that. Also, your menus and footers I found very confusing. I didn't really know how to navigate your site. I think destinations could be more useful or grouped in a more useful way. It's really about trying to really think about if someone lands on your site, what do they want to know? How can you get them there? And also, what do you want to achieve and how can you get them where you want them to get them as well? Whereas at the moment, I didn't really know where to go next. Even though when I looked at your homepage, I saw like a whole lot of places that sounded really interesting to me that I would love to go read about. But if I'd landed somewhere else on your blog, I wouldn't have known what to do next, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I would look at that. And yeah, so definitely making better use of the menu because even things like there's that big item about where you're traveling next. I just think someone just lands on your site. They don't even know you at all. Why would they care where you're traveling next? I would like use mm -hmm. that real estate to something better, like where they care about and where they can get more engaged with you. The other criticism I have is that when I land on a blog post is that there's no content above the fold. So there's no blog post on my laptop on that first screen. I have to keep scrolling down quite a bit actually to see the start of blog posts. So I would really fix Got that it. too. Mm. It's a bit picky, but I do think it's one of those things where people are just, if they're coming from Google saying, and they don't already know you, like you are picky, right? When you just want some information and you don't know if a site will give it to you. If you're scrolling for a bit, you give up and you go back. Okay. You know, like it has a big heading that says latest articles and an image and all that before you even get to the title. And the other thing that stood out to me was a lack of keywords in blog titles with place names just being mentioned a lot, but I will go over SEO more 
soon. And finally, your about page. There was nothing wrong with what was there, but I think it also needs, like it talks about about you and, and what your blog is, what you want to do on the blog, but it doesn't really talk about how you serve your audience or why anyone should read your blog. It's more like your story. And I think that's great. I think that should be on an about page. But I think you also want to tell people why they should want to be there as well. So I guess something I'm wondering is, have you really thought about why people should read your blog and how you're going to help people who come to your blog? Well, other than what I've actually introduced earlier, but no, I I can see where you're coming from. And you're right about the whole blog. It started off as this sort of a documenting thing for people we knew then decided to to try and grow it from there. So I certainly can identify what you're telling me. Yeah, it's a big change, right? You know, I've done that change myself. My blog was just my journal for, I don't know, it was a lot of years before I tried and be serious about it. And it probably took me years to really work out how to just switch that over properly. And it really just came down to removing all the old stuff in the end. It just took a long process for me to be happy to get rid of, you know, I had like a thousand posts or something before I got serious about it. It was quite a mess. You know, it does take some time to sort of find a new spot for sure, but it is important. So to me, looking at all of that, I, I thought that the blind spot you've mentioned really is about shifting that hobby to business and viewing the blog as a tool for you to share your travels and experiences like it has been a really writing post that serve others and trying to make that massive shift in your brain. Yeah. So do you have any questions so far? No, no, that's all good. I really appreciate actually the critique of it because, uh, as I say, I'm searching for the blind spots at the moment. And, yeah, historically the blog started off as a bit of a fun thing. I'm actually just scrimming a couple of notes down here. But yeah, that's all. No questions at the moment and let's keep on keeping on. Cool. I also just want to add to this that I think you should really embrace the Australianness of your blog. Not saying you don't already, but just keep it in mind as you do any future branding. You know, you pick that .au domain name, which I think is right for what you're trying to achieve. And so just really embracing that you're for Australians. Like I said, I didn't see any evidence that you're not, but it's just saying to keep in mind. I see a lot of people sit on the fence with that type of stuff. Like not really yeah. making their mind if they want a global audience or a local audience. And I would just, in your case, definitely go for that local audience. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So in your roadmap that, like I said, we'll go through at the end, I'm definitely going to have fixing up some of this. Yep. But first I want to talk about SEO as I see this as like the major part of your two-month roadmap, not surprisingly. And I want to start with how I saw you going so far. So I did look at like three of your posts that you emailed me beforehand that you'd worked on SEO with and where you're ranking around position 10 for a couple of them. And I would say like congrats for getting to that position anyway, because with your site's authority, which is currently DA13, like it's really good to get in the top 10. So it shows like you're doing something right for sure. But there is definitely a lot you can do to improve and improve that. Okay. So I started by looking at your article on Adder Rock Camping. You came up as number 11 when I looked. Honestly, the top 10 just looks too hard at this point in time for you. So when I talk about finding a good main keyword, I always like to see like two items that are in that top 10 currently that you could beat. So low domain authorities, not many external links, the articles are not Mm -hmm. that good Mm -hmm. or not quite on topic. Those are the types of things I like to see. Mm-hmm. Of course, when you've got a low DA like you do at the moment, I do recommend you pretend that you're 30 and you work on growing it. But there was only one in the top 10 that was a DA of 30. And the other problem I saw is that the post ranking currently for that keyword, they were very informational, short and to the point, which makes yep. it seem to me like people searching for that topic, that's just what they want to see. Like Google sort of determined that's what they're going to show for that keyword and they wouldn't necessarily show a blog post. 
Now, it can be hard sometimes with this type of thing because I don't know that area. I've never heard of this camping spot, but it seems very specific to me. So, I mean, it is quite possible that maybe there's not tons of blog posts on there and you could make it work. But generally, I would want to see similar posts in that top 10 to feel like it was a type of keyword that it would definitely show a blog style awesome. post. Mm-hmm. So that's what I look mm-hmm. for as well. And I could see looking at your post that maybe you're a bit confused what to put in it too, because I did find it jump around the place a bit, the content inside it. You know, there was Mm -hmm. some really great useful information about the camping ground for sure, but then it was like your journal and then it was about some other campground, which I found confusing. I wasn't sure if it was near there or part of it or what. And then there were places to eat and it just really didn't seem that cohesive a blog post to me either. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. you weren't quite sure what to put in there. I don't know. So just be a little bit careful about that and just, I very much use Google to guide me with keywords, what people, yeah. you know, they have heaps of data on what people click on and read and don't click back to Google or look for more. So I tend to use their guidance on yeah. what people want in a blog post. And then definitely, you know, I extend on that. But yeah, it's just being a bit careful about how to go about that, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. Yeah. 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 The other problem I had with that keyword was not at search volume. That was great at 1,000, but there wasn't many related keywords, which means overall it'd be hard to get much search traffic from it. There was like eight or nine maybe related keywords that I saw. Ideally, yeah. you want like, I would say a minimum of 20 to 30 related keywords just to oh, try okay. and mm-hmm. up the amount of traffic you can get because it just sort of shows you that overall there's not really many people searching for information on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Yep. So another article I looked at was Great Ocean Road Tribe, which I'm sure there's tons of people looking for and tons of related keywords. But the problem with that one was that it was just far too competitive. The top 10 yeah. was just really competitive. I think there were parts about that post that were really good though. I really liked how you had like a table and information box. There were some really good informative parts in there that made it easy to scroll to skim and look at stuff. But again, there were some personal parts in there that I found a bit confusing, especially like the initial paragraphs were about your car. And it's not like, I don't think that could have been part of the article, but I probably would have started the article about your topic so that if people just land on there, they know straight away what it's about and then it's what they're interested in. Mm. Whereas you might lose people at the beginning there. Yeah. Mm. So I'd just be a bit mindful about that too. You've also always got to think about with search traffic is that you're actually trying to attract people that go straight to that post. So they need to land on that post yeah. and have it make sense without the context yeah. of the site making it make sense, if that makes yeah. sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, just always absolutely. remember people have super short attention spans. So. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, no, I can see that, yep. Yep. And the last one I looked at was Glamping Stradbroke Island, which was a much better keyword. I thought that was a really good keyword choice. Just looking at that keyword, there was a few that Mm. weren't hard to beat. I mean, it's just too strong for you right now with your low domain authority, but it's definitely the type of one I'd be aiming for now as you grow that. But again, though, there wasn't a ton of related keywords. There was something like eight, which will make it much harder to get traffic. And sadly, I looked at a couple of the keywords in your article and I couldn't find them. So really just make sure you're including every keyword you can because that yeah. really gets the high level of traffic is when you have lots mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. I did think that article was really good and helpful and everything I would have loved to have seen in the others. To be fair, I skimmed, so I could be wrong, but it didn't seem to have much of your personal experience in there. And it just I guess I want to be clear with this is that you don't have to remove it completely. <laughs> you know, it's fine to put it in there, just using it in a way that helps people rather than just tells your story. It's right what I always right try to do. You know, like I'll use examples on DNW about my experiences to try and make a point or to teach or, you know, like that's what you want to do in every blog, every niche. You tell your experiences so that you can help people. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. You know, it does make it more relatable and it makes your post better too, I think. But, 
So yeah, overall, I do think there's a lot of room to grow with the SEO. I think it's really thinking about the search intent, which is what I was talking about before with what people want to see when they search for a search term. It's using lots of keywords and getting better at picking your keywords. So usually longer tail is what you want to look for at bloggers. So that means where there's more words, basically. Mm -hmm. It's elementary Mm -hmm. form. And I can see why that's tricky for you because you're writing about a lot of the out-of-way places in Australia, which is great. But there just won't always be keywords. I mean, that's the reality. That means people aren't looking on Google for information on those places. And like, does that mean you shouldn't write about them? You know, that's 100% up to you. But if you're serious about your goal of like getting that 20,000 traffic and $100 a day, I would really be not writing about places you can't rank for right now. I would just be putting all your energy into getting up to those and then worry more about other goals or writing about other places. Sure. And like if you just concentrate on that, you can certainly get there. It just means you've got to be pickier. And really this isn't just so you hit traffic or money goals, but if you want to serve an audience, you've got to give them what they're asking for. And keyword research really is just basically market research. It just shows you what people Mm. want. Mm. And, you know, you can write about what you want in your free time. I mean, that's how I tend to see it. It's like I want to write about a place because I just want to write about it. I know there's not really a business case for it. And that's my hobby time and it's not my business time. Yeah. If you see yeah. what I mean. So when you've got, yeah. you know, your 18 hours for blogging, that shouldn't be writing about, if that's your time for blogging to build a business, it shouldn't be writing about places that won't help you build a business. Sure. Now with SEO too, you obviously need to work on growing your authority with a ton more links because it's just, it's just always going to be tough if you don't do that. So we'll talk about yeah. that as part of your roadmap as well. So that was a ton of information. Any questions on that? No, no, I think that's been very, very good. As I say, I've basically been going along in this space. I really enjoy the whole thing, the whole blogging thing, both the technology side, the SEO side, and the writing side. But that's been very, very interesting in terms of the overall assessment of the site at the moment. And I think that's starting to make things a lot clearer as to why maybe things aren't happening in a way that I've been expecting to happen. Yeah. It's really just about finding what people want and giving it to them. <laughs> it's really kind of that simple, yeah, yeah, but it's really yeah. easy to just get stuck. The problem in blogging is that there is too many different things you can do, <laughs> too many things to fight with yeah. your attention. And there's like too yeah. much busy work, I would call it, you know, like just stuff that keeps you busy, but it doesn't really get you anywhere. And it's easy to get yeah. put into it. But anyway, I'll give you a roadmap very soon because I'm... That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, I, I think one of the, the interesting things that are sort of the question, I'll just pop it now. Maybe we'll certainly probably cover it in track a little bit here, but that's what I've done. I've really written about things that have that slightly more unique factor and they probably aren't mainstream things that people would do. Some of them may be just a simple cost factor. With a blog like this, I'm putting content together. Do you have any suggestions about, say, look, you know, here's an area that's worthwhile focusing on or just in broad terms so I can get some level of focus here and say, well, okay, well, here's the business side of it. What yep. do the people out there need to know and what are they looking for versus what is this more, I'd probably call it esoteric sort of travel that isn't going to appeal to probably, I know, perhaps 70% of the people out there. Yeah, well, this is where it does get tricky because you have to work out where those people are and how you can reach them. And I'm guessing that reaching them via SEO would be very difficult. So what I would be doing, and you've got to understand this is from me with my SEO love. (laughs) Someone else might have a different answer. But I would be just trying to attract people with the SEO and maybe not writing necessarily about those types of experiences, but the ones you can that people are looking for. And then you can always try and attract those people and build a community around those ones that are more interested in what you're saying by like having a lead magnet that will only attract those people. You know, you could try and build a Facebook group that's about those people. Like 
if they're on Facebook, trying to do stuff like that to really get the audience that you want. You know, yep. it's kind of like on my travel blog, my family travel blog, I had some posts that went really well that were nothing to do with family travel, you know, but I didn't want those people on my email list, for example. So even on those posts, I would only have lead magnets that would appeal to people who were interested in family travel. So it's kind of yep. like the same type of thing. Like if they're the people that you want as your audience that you can grow and, you know, maybe you could monetize later with your own products or, you know, there's lots of different things you could do. You could have direct relationships with companies that have these more unique experiences and monetize in that way. But I would probably just go for first, well, not probably, I would just go for first the more mainstream traveler and then try and filter them down by doing things like having a lead magnet that would just attract those people to your email list. And then you can do what you want with them on your email list or get them in a Facebook group or build a community in that way because it's not easy to get them on your site in the first place directly, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Yeah. But first of all, I mean, I always just think, first of all, just hit like the financial goal. Cause say if you can get a hundred dollars a day, like you want, what difference does that make to you and how much time you can spend on your blog? And then you've got the time to chase this other stuff and to do the bits that more interest you. Yep. Okay. You know, that's how I view it anyway. (laughs) No, this is all good. This is good stuff. Yeah. Cool. Well, just actually before moving on to monetization, I did want to talk something else about traffic because you talked about spending time on Pinterest And while I definitely agree with you that it's really smart to diversify, I would say that it's more important to have something to diversify first. So get one thing working first, then worry about diversifying. Because otherwise you just spend too much time on doing lots of bits on different things and nothing really gets you anywhere. So I very much think I would just put Pinterest to the side. I would get your SEO working and then definitely go back to it. It's not a bad idea at all, but get one thing working and then you've got safe to diversify. Yeah, look, I, I certainly agree with you there. The Pinterest thing is an interesting, you know, being a visual search engine, but yep. there's a lot in it to get it working properly. I found I had to do a very similar call as to what we're on now with a Pinterest lady who specialised in this area. Again, just to really get my head around what was needed. And there's a fair bit in it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm finding there is anyhow, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I used to use Pinterest in the past. I personally stopped using it because I didn't find the traffic converted with my affiliate. So I don't find it as good as SEO. I think the power with SEO is just, it's just so much easier to attract a certain type of audience with SEO because you can pick keywords that would just appeal to them. Whereas Pinterest, it's a bit more just sort of getting any type of person to your site, Mm. which isn't Mm. as good for monetization, but I'm not any Pinterest at all. I'm just very pro SEO. (laughs) But um, I I admit I'm totally biased. (laughs) So yeah. But even if you decided it wasn't SEO and you think Pinterest is the way forward, I really think you should just work on one at a time, get that going. Because you'll you'll know, you'll feel when you've got it to the level that you have mental space and time to take on another traffic form. I'm with you. Yeah. Certainly, look, I agree with you. I don't feel that's the case at the moment. I feel I'm basically trying to serve too many different topics and not really getting anywhere on any of them at the moment. So that's kind of the the stuck feeling I'm, I'm experiencing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we all go through it. When I started getting serious about blogging too, I remember people more experienced telling me, just do one thing at a time, like I'm telling you, right? But I thought I knew better. Yeah. <laughs> I try to do everything. Yeah, and, yeah, and, you know, it just, leads, it, yeah. Yeah, it just leads to burnout. Like that's all it leads to. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> so I really don't recommend it. But let's move on to affiliate marketing. Now, I don't see any evidence on your site at the moment, you know, which is fine. You know, your traffic and topics don't really justify it, but I obviously want us to turn that around. Now, the quickest and easiest way to do that is to pick topics to write about that have strong buying intent, which means that people already come to the article wanting to spend money. 
So they've got some yeah. type of problem, you know, and they want to fix it. You're going to give them the information so that they can pick what they should buy and then an affiliate link so they can click and buy it. So, you know, we can pick keywords that do that, that have that strong buying intent that you can rank for in Google. So you can attract mm. these people who want to have a problem that you can solve, et cetera, et cetera. So basically writing what we call product buying guides. Yeah. Now for people listening in the next episode, I'm actually going to just spend the whole episode talking about this. So it will be yeah. discussed in more detail. But for now, you know, you talked about what product buying guides would be congruent with your site. And really, I think you've got lots of areas that would be, you know, like there was a lot of stuff about camping. So I'd probably start with any types of camping products you could write about. Yep. You could write about anything else travel related. You know, you're also talking about driving around. You're talking about, I think you're talking about uh, caravans and camper vans maybe as well. I don't know. It'd be close enough to your topic that you could talk about those types yep. of things too. Obviously, there's hotels, you know, campgrounds that are in booking sites, car hire, activities, tours anything travel related. The product guides that get the best return do tend to be physical products. So I'd go straight yep. for that. So articles like Best Tents, which actually I just wrote an article about on one of my sites. So we could be competing if you do that, which is fine. And a lot of these keywords are actually not that competitive yet in Australia. So that should help you. And this is a little uh, tip. Okay. Yeah. And as a further tip, what I find actually that some of these keywords can look quite competitive when you first look, but they can be really dominated by overseas sites. Oh, I and, see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So my experience has been that when they are dominated by like American and British sites, being an Australian site, having that .au is really helpful and it can make, mm-hmm. so even though the keyword looks really competitive, it's not actually. So mm-hmm. it can make it a bit harder to find the keywords because my usual rules are, you know, like the rules I have about two items that you can beat or whatever. It's not necessarily the case with this I have found. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I kind of just go for it. If it's dominated by overseas sites, the top 10, I just go for it. And I usually was hitting the top 10. So Very interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's something to keep into mind because you definitely have to go when you're looking at product guides for Australian market. Like in the US, you could have best two-person tent would probably be like have a zillion search volume. But in Australia where we just don't have the same number of searches, you've got to go yeah. those more top level products. I don't know. <laughs> How do you describe yeah, that? Like yeah. less specific mm-hmm. products. So they tend to look more competitive at first glance, but they don't tend to be more competitive. Interesting. Okay. Very good. But yeah, generally you look for these keywords in the same type of way, but I would just also take that into account. And that's just in your circumstance because you're a .au looking at Australia. Yeah. Yeah. So this will definitely be part of your two month roadmap. We're going to go over in a minute. I don't think this will be part of your two months. Probably come just hopefully just after it, I think you've got a lot of potential if you get on this. But I reckon when you get to about 5,000 sessions a month, I would also look at getting on a Zoic for advertising. Yeah. So at the time of recording this, they say you need 10,000 sessions, but actually I just talked to them and they said they're about to get rid of that. So there won't be a limit. Yeah, I think I wouldn't put it on at day one still, but like at 5,000 sessions, I would think about that for another income stream as well. So yeah, I'm not going to put that as part of your two-month roadmap because I don't think you'll get to 5,000 sessions in two months. But I am hopeful that if we do everything that I'm about to say, that it will happen just after two months. So, oh, that sounds good. Man, yeah, this is fantastic. <laughs> good. <laughs> so any questions before I go through your roadmap? No. I have been jotting some notes down. I know you've got um, a document there, but just to I can refer back to if I've got any questions. But at the moment, so far, so good. Okay, good. <laughs> this is all good stuff because I'm hearing things that I really wasn't aware of. So yourself coming in from a professional perspective, this is excellent. Oh, good. And I'm, I'm glad you're taking it all on board. I never like telling people constructive criticism, but <laughs> it's great that you're taking it with the right mindset because I really oh, do no, think look, you've got tons of potential. <laughs> no, no, thank you. But now, um, this is what I want to hear because that's why I reached out to you about a, week, a couple of weeks ago. 
I knew there was something not right here. So the fact that I'm now hearing these topics and these issues I need to address is absolutely fantastic because it gives me the quickest path to get them addressed. Otherwise, I'm going to be floundering around for the six months. I may discover them, I may not. Yeah, you know. no, good. So and this, I think sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we just need people to tell us what to do. <laughs> Absolutely. 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 Um, I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so the first thing that I think is important in this roadmap, and I think that you're fine on this count, but for people listening along, is that you really need to make sure that you really are serious about making changes. You're really serious about growing a business and you're serious about dropping everything else you're working on until you get some traction with what, you know, like with one thing in blogging. So in this case, it'll be SEO and affiliate marketing. Sure. That's all good. No, yeah. I, I mean, what I, you just I, said, I can certainly sure. assure you. Yeah. I can assure you that's really the purpose of talking with you today is to give it this one. It, it has had my 100% focus probably middle of January this year. Yep. I've been doing some background stuff. Like, for example, I've moved away from HostGator to SiteGround because of speed performance issues with that website. And my broad goal is I'm going to focus completely on travellinglight.com.au till I get it to the point where my goals are achieved that I, I declared to the, the Bill Blog Freedom Group in April last year. But I have two other legacy sites as well, yep. which actually earn a little bit of affiliate income. They're in tatters. So then it'll be basically once I get this my head around this and working well, and we'll be focusing just on this blog site. I want to then wash, rinse, and repeat for those two aged legacy sites. Awesome. That sounds like a good plan. You know, that's like what I do pretty much. So <laughs> it can definitely yeah. be a great way to go. Now, I do think 18 hours a week, and, I, and you talked about having more too, is plenty to make this work. But okay. I do want you to only dedicate it to tasks that will help reach your goals and basically exactly what I'm going to tell you. So first up is I want you to spend a day working on your branding, and I really want you to cut it off after a day too, so like eight hours, half of a week. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. You can definitely come back to it later. Having like a super professional site, well, none of my sites look super professional, so it really doesn't matter. And it certainly doesn't matter at the beginning. But I do think it should have some branding, you know, like a header that says your site name and stuff. And I think that it would be good for you to go back to the Build Blog Freedom Fast Track lesson on defining your niche again. I feel like you know your niche really well, but just a bit about how you're going to serve people, just to like sort of go over that again in your head, it would be useful before you start yeah. this process. Or yeah. for people who aren't students listening along, there'll actually be a podcast episode on this right before this one. So you can go listen to that. And then, like I said, work on the branding. Make sure that when people land on the site, they know what it's about as soon as they land. So even just a header, and I would put a timer on that too, because like, it doesn't have to be perfect. You can just go to Canva, give yep. yourself an hour, whatever you come up with is what you're going to have. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said earlier, even if it's just your site name and a map of Australia and New Zealand or something, that would get across. It's about traveling Australia yeah, New Zealand, yeah. right? Like immediately. That's easy. Yeah, 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 and I think it would make it little things like that can make a big difference. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah, and just look at like the blog posts where I said it was a lot of scrolling. I would just get rid of that if it's easy to do with your theme and just try and fix the menus and categories a little bit. Yeah. But like I said, put a timer on all of this because you can just, you could do this forever and it's not worth forever. (laughs) It's worth one day uh, at this point. I also think you should put your statements about your audience and your niche, like, so how you're going to serve people, what your niche is about on the wall where you work and also your traffic and money goals, just so they're always in your eyesight and you just can refer to them yeah. a lot to try and stop yourself getting distracted. I find that personally really helpful. Yep. And I think it can yep. help for anyone. And then I want you to spend like another day, so the rest of your first week, looking for great keywords for places you've already written about or places you could write about. So right. I don't want you to give up too easily. I don't want you just to take whatever keyword will work somewhat. You know, I want you to find good keywords that you can rank for. You know, when you first 
start trying to get good at keyword research, it, it does take a ton of time. They're often yeah. probably seen it in the Billboard Freedom Group. There's often people who are like, oh, I just can't find anything. This is just too hard. And then, you know, other students who've been there longer will be like, oh, no, I know it's like that at the beginning, but it will get better, you know, and it really does get better. And at the beginning, mm-hmm. it's like you've just got to do that hard slog and then you just sort of start to learn what types of keywords you can rank for that really suit you and your audience and it just all of that gets quicker. Yeah. Like mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. give yourself big chunks of time at the beginning because, you know, you're way better yeah. off spending time on this than writing lots of articles that don't work. Absolutely, yeah. So like yeah. see if you can come up with five great keywords and yeah. yeah, spend that time so you get there and make sure you follow up with my tutorial step-by-step step on exactly how to look for the keywords and yeah. look for ones too that have the related keywords. So like minimum 20 to 30 related keywords. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's basically your first week. It's a fair bit, really. If it needs to go a bit into the second week, that's fine too. But then do the same thing for buying keywords. So ones like about camping gear and see if you can find five of those. So the best way to find lots of ideas for that, I would just, I go straight to Amazon and go through their categories like step by step, like start at once about camping and just go through every single product they have in camping and put it into key search. Now, when you do that, you just got to take into account, you know, key search has only, this is a keyword tool. It only has so many searches per day that you're allowed to do. So you might need to split this yeah. time over a few days. Same yeah. for the other keyword task because you'll run out. Or actually, I find it resets about 4 p.m. Australian time or something. So if you can okay. do it mm-hmm. later That's in the day, you might get a double lot. So probably 3 p.m. there. Yeah. But you do need to be a bit mindful about because it's so frustrating when you're in the middle of this big keyword research thing and mm-hmm. you run out of searches. But if you just split the time up a bit, that would be fine. So, yeah, you want five of those types of keywords too so that you could write product buying guides around. And I'm hoping that'll be about one and a half weeks into your two-month roadmap. Yeah. And then you just sort of set yourself up for the rest. So actually what the next task to be to write the five buying guides. That'll probably take a few weeks, right? Like especially yeah. the first one you write will take a really long time. It just starts. Yeah. And then you'll get used to it. By the fifth one, you know, I can write these types of things in half a day now. You get quicker. <laughs> but the first That's one took me, good. I am a fast worker and a fast typer, so <laughs> it might be hard to get to half a day. But, you know, the first one I wrote took me the entire weekend, probably like 24 yeah, hours, yeah. you know. It's slow to start with, but it gets easier yeah. is more my point. And, you know, there's exact instructions on how to go about that in the fast track. Yeah. You know, add the affiliate links preferably to Amazon Australia or there is Wild Earth I know about with camping stuff. Um, that's in Commission Factory for Australia and eBay. But, yeah, don't yeah. rush them. It's better that this takes you more than a few weeks and you get it done properly. This is how you're going to make the money, really, for now. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So over this time and for the rest of the roadmap, you also need to work on growing links. So I want you to try and get as many collabs as you can. So yeah. you know what a collab is? So that's when you write. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think um, I participated last year in your seven-day link building challenge. Oh, uh, yeah. That's where I started doing some collabs. I've only been doing long-form guest posting at the moment, like two, 3,000 words. Yeah. Because that's typically what uh, some of the higher-profile bloggers look for. I'm not sure how effective those links are because they don't give a, a contextual link. It's just a link from the bio back to the homepage. Yeah, I would only be you writing know. guest posts ideally where they'll let you have contextual links. I would ask that yeah. up front. Yeah. Because that is more powerful. I mean, it depends on the site, yeah. right? Like if you're writing a guest post for a really high-authority site, I would just take whatever I could get. But yeah, <laughs> unless yeah. it's like a really super site like that, I would be wanting contextual links. So that's links within yeah. the blog post. But for right now, I would just work on collabs. I mostly just do collabs. So that's for people listening when someone might do a post, yeah. like top 10 places to visit in Australia. And if you give them 200 words on a place and a photo, they will give you a link. 
So yeah. it's pretty quick yeah. and easy. So I would really be trying to do as many of those as you can. Right. Are you in the Travel Collab group? Yeah, I am. Uh, WTWB, yeah. I think, I'm, and there's a, another Facebook Collab group, which I monitor. Um, okay. A lot of it tends to be overseas travel, but sometimes it's, you know, something will come up around the, the Oceania, Asia Pacific region. I'll, I'll put my dibs in there and get a collab post up. Well, I mean, even if it's on international travel, if it's somewhere you've actually been and you can write about, obviously, like I wouldn't worry about it not being exactly your niche. I just do whatever you could. Righto. Like, yep. Like just do as many as you can. They can fill up quickly. So I would like be checking it daily and just do whatever you can. And then, you know, like put aside a couple of hours a week for writing them because yeah, I mean, I just find collabs are actually quite effective for link building and they're really good bang for buck, you know, because you're not yeah, spending okay. very long. Yeah. Look, yeah, I mean, and the thing I like about them because they're so quick and easy, I and mean, I can knock out two fifty, three hundred words in half an hour. Yeah, and you know, it, it just tends to be fairly straightforward stuff. And typically, I've always got access to an image on on anything I submit, and that makes it dead simple. I did have another question; it'll come back to me. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, definitely doing that, and when you can, link to new posts that you're producing to like keywords you're really confident about. But a lot of the time, it won't be able to fit to link to a particular post, and that's fine too. You can just have it to your homepage; it'll still help. So you're going to be doing all those buying guides. You're going to be spending a couple hours a week on collabs. Once you've done the buying guides, then that's when you go back to the other keywords you found. So probably more destination focused ones and getting those five articles out or updating. Ideally, they'd be ones that you could update where you've got already because that should give you quicker results. But if they can give you completely new articles, that's fine too. So yeah, that's basically the two-month roadmap. If you've got any time left at the end of that, then I would just be trying to find more keywords you could write about, particularly buying guide ones and writing about those. It's actually quite simple, I think. You don't really need to do anything else. If you can just build the authority of your website, get those articles up that have really good use of keywords, you know, you just have to keep doing that over and over again and you really should be able to get that traction to like the 20,000 pages and the $100 a day. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, Yeah, that Um, would be amazing yeah i think blogging is pretty simple when you break it down i think we just let ourselves get confused i mean i certainly do i don't feel like it's this simple either (laughs) but it can be this simple you know when i build up new sites it's part of why i like building new sites because i don't have any emotional attachment and this is all i ever do it's just what what i've just said mm, it's all that ever mm, happens to mm. them i don't do anything else there's never any social media and it works so it definitely can work for you yeah no that sounds fantastic sharon that's all doable and I'm, i'm really happy with that because I'm not wasting my time on things that could even be counterproductive. Yeah. Because I really do want to get this up and going and, and moving forward, really, because it's, a, it's an area I've chosen to, to commit to, and I'm just absolutely 100% committed to it. Cool. Well, I think so, if you good. just do that for two months, it's really just about discipline rather than anything else. I just sure. try and just stick with that. Just stick with the good SEO, the good affiliate marketing, and just yeah. keep doing it until it works. Yeah, that question popped back in my mind. One of the things that I've seen actually... On Facebook are the reciprocation posts where, for example, you know, someone comments on your blog and you comment on the five above you. Now, that's some of the link building I've been doing recently. Is that reasonably effective, blog right. commenting and high DA blogs? I don't think it does that much, to be honest. I think work you yeah. have more of effect of is just your DA rating. So for people listening along, if you haven't heard of DA, that's like a Moz measure domain authority. And it doesn't really mean anything to Google, what means zero to Google. So it's not going to help you get more search traffic. But I do find things like comment links can artificially inflate your domain authority. So that can help with other things. Like if you were ever to link swap or sell links, it can help to have that higher DA. I mean, I put a bit of commenting into my link building strategies just because I think most bloggers do it and 
when you're doing link building, you want it to look natural. You want it to look like what a site would have if they put no effort into it. And part of what people tend to do is comment. So we usually have some comments for a new site that I build up, but I don't yeah. think it really does very much. No. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, after the two months, I would keep doing what I've said too, keep working on that. I would also think about some guest posts, try and get ones where you can have those contextual links. And for guest posting too, like you want to be more fussier because it's a lot of effort, you know, ones that would also get in front of your target audience would be really good. So you can hopefully get some traffic that way too. And that's also when I would think about getting a lead magnet and you could do like what we talked about, you know, be really clear on who is that audience you want to serve on your email list. And you can just, you don't have to try and target everyone who lands on your site for your email list. You can just be like those people we talked about earlier. And then... Ads as well at some point I would look at as well when you hit about 5,000 sessions would be when I'd think about yeah. that. Right. Mm-hmm. At that point too might be a good point to take another look at your branding and your categories and your menus and all of that and make sure it all still fits because yeah. I think yeah. in a couple of months you're going to feel very different about this blog and where you want it to go and, you know, blogs sure. are always evolving really <laughs> as we evolve. Yeah. So, yeah. Work in know, progress, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you're always going to want to reevaluate that stuff. Yeah. Okay. That's all very good. I just have scribbles and notes down here. I think that's brought in perspective things that I probably wasn't that aware of, but that's highlighted them and that's really what I wanted to hear today. I was really wanting to know where I needed to focus and where there were roadblocks because, I mean, the results that I was achieving in terms of visitors clearly indicated something wasn't quite working that great. So that's been very helpful. I'm glad that it helped. I think if you just give yourself like a day to think about all of this and then you can always come back and listen to this again or or look at the notes and, you know, you can always ask questions, of course, too. To recap, today I talked to Keith and helped him come up with a two-month roadmap from how to get from a point of very little traffic and zero money to being on the path to getting 20,000 page views a month and $100 a day. Now, this roadmap is based on wanting to build up a passive income primarily from affiliates. And the basic roadmap is to quickly try and improve the user-friendliness of his website and make sure that at a glance people can see what it's about and to be clear on how he can serve people with this blog. Then to keep writing top-rate SEO content that can rank in Google with a priority on posts that will earn affiliate income and getting to that $100 a day. Now, side note, next week's episode is on this topic, how to pick keywords that will make this money. So I'll definitely talk about that more then. Now, keep building links to his site as part of the two-month roadmap using collabs, you know, which are where you do an entry for someone else's blog post. So you're usually writing two to 300 words about something with a photo and you get a link. So it's a pretty quick and easy way to get more links. Now, the roadmap itself is actually very simple, but the only way it works is if you can block out all noise. You know, you don't need to do everything. Just remember trying to do everything in blogging equals recipe for burnout. It is like the opposite of recipe for success. So get one thing working first, get to that $100 a day, and then worry about diversifying. Now, remember, you can find show notes for this episode at digitalnomadwannabe.com slash episode three, where you'll also find this complete roadmap if you want to follow it yourself. Now, Build Blog Freedom Fast Track, my 10-week blogging program, also follows this roadmap and tells you exactly how to do each step. Now, make sure you subscribe to this channel because next episode, like I've mentioned before, I'm going to be talking about how to use SEO to make money from your blog. So getting search engine traffic is very powerful and where it has its biggest power is that you know what people want to know or do by the keywords that they search for. So you can totally use these to write the types of articles that I advise Keith to write, you know, buying guides that help people make smart decisions and are also great for earning passive income for bloggers. 
Thanks for listening to Make Money Blogging with Digital Nomad Wannabe. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast for more actionable tips and strategies for growing traffic and income for your blog so you can build a blogging business you love. Don't forget to leave a review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you next episode.